Hi, this is Kristen Cabrera, reporter-producer from the Texas Standard. One of the coolest things about working on the show is getting to tell stories from my community, like this one I did on high school UAL Mariachi. But you know, this is Texas. You'd be hard-pressed to go a week without hearing. Dun-dun! Listen anytime to the Texas Standard, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. And welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and on this episode of This Song, we'll be hearing from Austin singer and songwriter Matt the Electrician. But before we get started, I would like to ask you for something. Yes, you. Like, we here at Team This Song, we're really interested in hearing from our listeners about their own life-changing musical experiences. So if you have a story about a song that, like, totally transformed you, then give us a call. Tell us about it. Our number is 512-766-9066. Leave a message and you may hear your story on this podcast. Now, I have known Matt the Electrician a long time. Like, we actually used to share a booking agent. Shout out to Laura Thomas at Combo Plate Booking. Um, I've known Matt so long that when we first met, he was still an electrician. Like, it's not just a sage name. Like, he was a real deal electrician for years until he finally decided to devote himself full time to music. And he was one of the first people to invite me out to play after I left Asleep at the Wheel. And, like, I've known him since his kids were real little and... And I've listened to him over the years and the music that he's made, well, he's constantly like expanding and evolving what he creates. I mean, most people would call what Matt the Electrician does folk, but it's not traditional folky folk. Like there's a fair bit of pop in there as well. He's not afraid to experiment with sounds and textures and like lyrics. And he's not afraid of a big endeavor. I mean, he's just wrapped up an epic project that he started in 2015. So instead of just releasing like a new record, he recorded new songs he'd written with a bunch of different artists and bands. Wooden Wire, Little Brave, Dana Falconberry, Wilson Marks Trio, Paul Carreri and Devin Spruill, and this band The Deer. And he recorded two songs with each of these artists and then over the course of a year and a half, released vinyl singles for each collaboration, like with one song on one side and one song on the other. And he's just about to release the last single, the one he did with The Deer. It comes out on June 9th. And you'd think that he'd be like, done. But he's not done. He's also set to release the entire collection, plus versions that he re-recorded with his own band. And he's calling the project The Doubles. And That is also out on June 9th. I spoke to Matt backstage at the Austin City Limits Festival, and he told me about this experience he had as a teenager that really got him started down this whole musical path. So here he is, Matt the Electrician. When I first started playing the guitar, I was about 15 
and I just went through my parents' record collections for the most part, you know, and so I learned a lot of, I was very into Paul Simon and John Denver. Whoa, in a couple of days, the phone will take me away, but the press let the story leak. Now when the radical priest come to get me released, we is all on the cover of Newsweek, and I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. You know, a lot of the 60s songwriters. Um, but I always felt like all my friends were listening to the Pixies. Stop. And in Depeche Mode. I kind of dug some of that stuff too, but I would go home and then like, you know, sit there with the acoustic guitar and it almost felt like a dirty thing, you know, like a, like it wasn't cool. Like would you would you try to play like the Pixies on acoustic guitar or would you just go home and play Paul Simon? I wasn't and- that cool. Okay. Because that's like another kid. That's the kid that started, you know, some really cool indie rock band, but I wasn't that kid. No, I, you know, in retrospect, I wish I had been, but, but no, I would go home and learn Paul Simon songs, but it really, it kind of felt like it wasn't cool. And I remember it was about 88, 88 or 89. I was a junior in high school, I think. And um, uh, Michael Penn came out with a record called No Myth. And he had a one, he had a hit song on there. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, um, the name of the song was No Myth. The name of the record is uh, something else that I'm blanking Wait, are, on. Are right you talking now. about what if I was Romeo in black jeans? Absolutely. There was a video on MTV, and it was at the same time that Tracy Chapman was gaining popularity and the Indigo Girls and Suzanne Vega. So there were other people with acoustic guitars. And I think it was just because it was a dude. It was like a dude with an acoustic guitar. And it blew my mind because in my head, it was like, you, you know, hey, you, if you want to play music now, you got to get a synthesizer and you got or an electric guitar or something. But if you want to like play old songs, you can play an acoustic guitar. But I loved acoustic guitar, and there was something so, um, you know, it, it, like freeing about seeing somebody else doing the thing that you're not sure you're allowed to do yet. And so seeing Michael Penn in that video, strumming away really hard on acoustic guitar. And remember, this was like before Ani DeFranco and like, so there, there was nobody else, you know, maybe some underground people doing that, but I, I was not aware of it. And there was this guy just strumming away on an acoustic guitar. And I thought, oh, for some reason that, that like allowed me in my head to, to, for the first time go, I could do this. I could actually... Like now in the present and in the future, I can be a guy with an acoustic guitar. I know that's ridiculous now because there's a 10 million of guys <laughs> with acoustic guitars. And it's certainly we were not a subjugated class <laughs> at any time in history. But for me personally, it, you know, 
So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, like you said, seeing someone, a dude, strumming away an acoustic guitar. And I think maybe the key is, and it's like coming off as cool. Cause it, it's with, cool and it's current. Current. Maybe that's the word I was looking because for. Because there, like, there were tons of examples of people that were super cool in the 60s. But my parents were, you know, hanging out in the 60s. That was not cool. At this point, were you like secretly playing guitar like was it the kind of thing that you would do but you like just you and the guitar but you wouldn't kind of like bring it out in front of your friends and be no like, i was playing i was playing gigs i had oh a week, you were playing gigs i had a weekly gig when i was i think started when i was 16 uh-huh. at a coffee shop every sunday and it was like my show but it was me and friends so my other friends that were writing songs at the time would come down and play um but it was it was you know we were all listening to the older stuff and i think I think for all of us, there was there was that moment in time, or that maybe it was that one year, where it was like Luca. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. And you know, Tracy Chapman had fast car. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast it felt like I was drunk. And the Indigo Girls had Closer to Find. I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains, I looked to the children, I drank from the fountain. Like all these songs came out. It was the folk, the late 80s mini folk revolution, you know. Um, well, all of a sudden, like, the thing that you're into became part of the, the zeitgeist. Totally. Closer I am to find Closer I am to find I've thought back on it, and it doesn't make logical sense that I would watch that video with the brother of Sean Penn and assume, oh, well now clearly I can make a living playing music. But that's exactly what I thought. you were just looking for the right like um like the right sign like I, like the desire was there oh yeah like i would love <clears throat> to make a living playing music but everything that i see around me all the input tells me that that is not like a possibility yeah i think when you're younger i know for me and now having kids that are teenagers it's like it requires you to look back on yours and, and to kind of reflect on the way you were and and your focus can be so narrow, you know, I think as you get older your focus gets a little wider and, and um, you're just aware of things in the world more than you were when you were a kid. And, and um, so there was probably tons of stuff going on when I was 16 that was also very cool or very acoustic or whatever, but I was, I was mostly focused on the mainstream and like the slight fringes. I mean, I was into Billy Bragg, I'd like to say, at the age of 16, and I loved him. I didn't think of him as acoustic or folk because he had an electric guitar. So that was how narrow my focus was. Like, I didn't really put it together. I knew he was a protest singer, but I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't put it together. I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking for New England. I'm just looking for another girl. And, and so again, like it, it doesn't make sense to me, but it was, when you talk about a song being transformative, like I went from not thinking that I would do this as a living, watched the video of this song, like heard this song for the first time, which if you listen back to it, it's not even that acoustic of a song. <laughs> but it was the visual. It was the it, visual I mean, of a guy, like with, a an guy with an acoustic guitar. And I thought, oh, cool, I can do that. 
Wow. Whereas the day before, it was like, I'm doing this, but maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not going to be allowed to. And it sounds like you keep on saying, like, it's not logical. And it sounds it's like, yeah, it's not logical. Mm-mm. It was an emotional kind of reaction to something that you needed. Yeah. You, you wanted to... You were looking, probably. You sure. Were looking for that, like looking for that permission. Well, and I think also, I mean, I still listen to that record all the time. And, and the other, I think the other part of it, too, was that a lot of stuff with acoustic guitars was very folky and um, and had its own kind of, uh, you know, vibe and, and, and tone, if you will. Um, and Michael Penn was, a, was pop music on an acoustic guitar. And I think that really appealed to me, too. I'd always loved kind of the pop melodies, um, even the... 80s metal bands I listened to were all the kind of poppier ones um, so I think that was huge too it was like this isn't a dirge this is like a glorious pop song with a hook like this huge hook and this huge chorus yeah yeah and I mean that's always been a strain in your music is like having like folk but you definitely have had pop sensibilities like running through I, yeah I like to think through so through what yeah. you do all yeah. the time yeah and you've, al- yeah. you've also like brought in I mean, your cover of Jesse's Girl is like <laughs> classic. Well, I do. I have a soft spot for all that '80s stuff. It's, have you ever done No Myth? Um, yeah, we co- yeah we uh, Sila and I cover it, especially when it's just the two of us. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks so much. I mean, that is like exactly what I'm looking for. Well, thanks. Like, Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. I was made in drinking houses, ruined cities, draw such scenes, probably killed. The accomplice also set fire where I've been. And this is Live to Fight. Matt the Electrician featuring The Deer, one of the last songs on the last single of his epic single project. And if you want to hear more Matt the Electrician and you live in Austin, Texas, then you can see him this coming Saturday, June 10th, at 310 at ACL Live. If you want to hear more Matt the Electrician, you can also check out ktx.org. We just put out this song as part of our Song of the Day feature. And I'll post a link to that on the show notes page for this episode at ktx.org. And if you want to get a better sense of like Matt's full story, then you should check out the podcast, How Did I Get Here? It's hosted by my friend Johnny Gowdy. And if you want to get a sense of like, the depth and breadth of the music scene here in Austin, Texas, then you're really going to love this podcast. Johnny interviews so many musicians from Austin, people who've been here for decades and people who just started playing. I mean, Matt, the electrician's been on a couple of times. And if you listen to those episodes, you really get a sense of like who he is and what he's about. Johnny is approaching his 600th episode. Yes, I said like 600. And for episode 598, I actually got to interview him about the podcast. And yeah, I think you'll really like it. I'll post a link to How Did I Get Here on the show notes page as well, along with a Spotify playlist so you can hear all the songs we referenced in this show all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. The interview was recorded by Jack Anderson. 
Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And you know what? It is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KTX. You can like us on Facebook and you could subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. And while you're there, we would love a rating or a review. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Oh, 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 oh,